You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. It's funny that we we all think we're supposed to have it figured out without having conversations about it, I guess. <laughs> and this is especially true with sex because we kind of assume that we're just kind of going to figure it out on our own and it's going to be 10 out of 10 great or else something's wrong with us, right? Um, so one of the questions that I actually ask almost all of my clients when they first come to see me is... Um, I have them actually write this down because it's easier to kind of write it on a paper first before you say it out loud. And I have them write sex is dot, dot, dot. And then I give them about a minute and they describe, they use descriptive words to describe how they feel about their sex life currently. Like in this current moment, sex is what? Obligatory, painful, Mm. um, difficult, fun, pleasurable, connective, sometimes a chore, right? So I allow them to kind of describe sex um, for themselves and how it feels in this moment, because I need to know how they feel about sex right now and how they want to feel about sex in the future in order to know what to do. Like that helps give us our bridge from here to there, right? And so I think this this is an important question to ask because most of us don't take an inventory of our sex life. A lot of us will say, well, sex isn't really very good, but we're not really sure why or like actually why it's not good or doesn't feel right or whatever. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's a, it's very similar with money, right? Mm-hmm. We, Sean and I will often tell people, um, you know, the in order to have a better relationship with money, you've got to understand where you are. Yeah. You've got to understand where you are before you can decide where you're wanting to go or how you're going to get there. And a lot of people start with, this is, I think across a lot of different categories of life, we start with the, how are we going to get there? Mm. You know, in, in, in the questions that I guess get asked as an advisor, I normally don't get questions first out of the gate. Hey, where am I? Hey, what's going on? Hey, is this a good place right now? They will say, is this particular strategy worth pursuing? (laughs) You know, should I do this? Uh, How much like a a friend of mine texted me the other day and he said, Hey, is it better to, um, is it better to maximize my 401k or just optimize it and redirect that savings elsewhere? Well, I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know anything else about you other than that question. That's a, how, how are we going to get there? question. Singer, I had that th- this morning, I had a conversation like that. So somebody asked me a question, which I thought was a good question. He said, what's the number one thing I ought to be doing? I, I, sh- I shared them, you know, what I did. And, and uh, I said, well, that's a, that's a good question. I, I said, you need to make sure you establish clear, realistic, motivating goals that move you to action. Because from there, the plan will flow from there. You must know where you're starting from. From there, the strategies and tactics will will develop. And he and and I said, "What did you think I was gonna? What did you say?" <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Oh, I I thought you were gonna say Roth IRA." <laughs> and I, I said, "Well, that 
that's a tactic. That's a that's a tool you could use, but without knowing any of these other things, you don't know if that's going to even be appropriate or or implementable. So when when you deal with that issue and and ask the the question, sex is blank. What's from your standpoint? What's the best thing to hear? What's the best answer? <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying what's the right answer, mm-hmm. but but I'm saying what what do you like to hear that that knows you're on a good path versus what do you hear that says, oh, we really have some work to do here? Mm, well, everybody that comes to me has work to do. So um, I don't necessarily think about okay. it in terms of okay. like, well, we're just going to hang up because you're good, <laughs> you know. Um, so everybody is coming for help. Um so I don't know that I necessarily think about it in, in those terms. Um, and everybody is different. And I love your, your analogy there about, you know, what is best for me? Like, I don't know, you know, the same thing happens to me. Like, Hey, do you think I should get this sex toy? I don't know. <laughs> do you think we should open yeah, our marriage? There's a lot a of third? other questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe we should ask a whole bunch of other questions. Like, what do you do now? Or what do you want to feel yeah. in your sex life? Or, have you ever had one before? I don't, you know, like I literally can't tell you that until I know more about your situation. And then only then can I ask you more questions that help you figure it out for yourself, you know? And I'm assuming that's a little bit of what y'all do too, is like ask, helping people ask better questions of themselves. Yeah. It's such a, it's so clear how narrow both sex and money get defined. You know, it's like, you got to have a lot of it. (laughs) Like if your success, success means a lot. And in reality, success means could mean a million things from A to Z in both those areas. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not, it's certainly not true. The more you learn about both sex and money, that more is better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that meaningful is better. Mm -hmm. Significant is better. Right. If I'm having, uh, if I have a lot of money and no significance, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, if I have a lot of sex and, and no, no meaningful sex, no significant sex, what does it matter? In fact, that's probably harmful. Mm-hmm. Right. If I have a lot of money and it's not significant at all, that's probably, I should, I'd be better off without it. Mm-hmm. If I can't figure out how it's significant, if I can't figure out how it's meaningful, then I've just got a bunch of problems. You know, those yeah. problems probably look a lot like somebody who has a lot of sex that has that lacks meaning. You know, that mm-hmm. that that probably feels good at first, just like having a lot of money feels good at first until you recognize you come to that realization that there's not a level of significance to that wealth, that it's not uh, outward focused, that it's not transferring your values as gifts to others, that it's not creating long lasting uh, importance. Uh, and, and I would suspect that, that you probably see a lot of that in meaningless sex, that it feels good at first until you come to that realization. And, and I've talked to people who've come to that realization uh, and, and they reflected upon their previous behaviors and they said, you know, I just didn't, I realized I didn't care about my body. I realized that I wasn't doing right by these other people. I, they, they come to that realization. So I, I think when we have those conversations about money, and it's it, it very, very similar to the conversations you're having, Celeste, about uh, we have a values discussion. And so if I'm if I'm talking to mm. you know two people 
and we'll go through what are their values that they're that they've sort of filtered down the most important things and look for those overlaps between the two mm-hmm. and then look for ways that those commonalities those common values are being manifest through their wealth through their financial plan and my guess is that you're having a similar sort of process as you uncover what are the similarities that somebody wants out of their sexual relationship, whether it's intimacy or excitement or, or what have you. The, the next step then would be to say, okay, how are we manifesting this relationship or this, these values? You know, how are we getting mm-hmm. excitement or connectivity or uh, belongingness through, through these actions? And then if those are absent, then prescribing some things that you would that you would do. Is that, is that a fair sort of process outline? Yeah, I think so. And I think one of the key terms you used was a sense of belonging. So like when you're talking about sex, that's meaningless or money that has no purpose to it or, or meaning for that individual, probably they don't feel like it has, like they're not belonging in that scenario. Like for sex, you have to feel like you belong in that scenario in order to actually experience pleasure. It is like sex actually does have an order of things. And so you kind of have to feel like you belong there before you can experience pleasure with that sexual experience. Um, And so, um, you know, you can have casual sex, right? Um, And it can be meaningful as long as you feel like you belong there. Like if you feel like you're doing it for pleasure's sake or for a wild, you know, night or whatever, and it's safe and consensual and all that stuff. Um, but you could be in a relationship for years and feel like you don't belong there. And then the pleasure is not there. So it's not even necessarily like what it looks like, but rather are you, um, are you connecting to the purpose? You're not aligned. You're aligned with what you're Mm -hmm. imagining yourself to be with what your real actions are. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first coming to the agreement or the understanding that sex is always going to be a negotiation. There's two individual whole people who are negotiating sex in the middle. It's not two people becoming one or usurping each other. Um, it is really negotiating a behavior in the middle. Is When you, when you say negotiating, um, is there a way that that manifests itself other than having a you know, because I'm imagining sitting across from a big wooden desk from, you know, two partners going, okay, and this is what I would like in a very formal conversation. Obviously, talking openly about it is part of that negotiation you're referring to. Mm-hmm. But are there other ways that, are, does negotiation in this context mean anything other than discussing it in that way? Yes. So negotiation a lot of times just means being willing to have a conversation about sex prior to sex, you know, like, okay, maybe me and my partner have a opening, you know, in our schedule where kids are out of the house on Saturday afternoon. So on Thursday, I might be saying like, Hey, listen, we've got this time on Saturday. What do you think about connecting centrally? And they go, yeah, that sounds really good. You know, what would feel great for you? Or what can I do to help you get in the mood, right? So that is that like intentional sexuality, the continual negotiation that helps us make decisions about sex prior to a sexual experience, helps us uh, 
feel less anxious and feel more like we're looking forward to it, more like anticipation. Um, And so negotiation is not just, you know, this is how I would like to be touched and this is how you would like to be touched. You know, it is a let's build this together, just like money, like what what would bring you purpose and, and freedom and joy and what would bring me purpose and freedom and joy and how do we blend those for the sake of our family? Yeah. Okay. Do you see people have such different um, opinions on that, that it's hard to reconcile? You know, that negotiation just doesn't come to resolution. I mean, sometimes typically if it's that, if, if there's no negotiation possible, I'm referring out to a marriage and family therapist because the the issues are are more than just like we don't agree on sex, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I typically see couples who are fairly healthy in a healthy relationship where sex is rough and sex is hard and difficult for whatever reason. Um, so I'm not necessarily I'm not a therapist, right? I'm not seeing couples who are on the brink of a breakup or or whatever. I'm seeing fairly healthy couples who want to negotiate sex better, but yeah. don't know how. I've, I've had that in my experience over the, over the years where a couple will come in for building a financial plan and it becomes obvious to me that there's bigger issues uh, <laughs> that, that I can't solve, you know, it, and uh, coming from really different places and meanings of, of money and what they want it to do for them. Uh, yeah, those are those are tough. Those are tough decisions. <laughs> Thanks for making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Singer Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers who are not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their own opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.